Hello and welcome to Bitchin', where two jaded gays talk about popular culture. I'm staunch character Trey Taylor. And I'm probably an alcoholic. Named Ian David Monroe. So, did you watch the Grammys? I I did watch the Grammys, and I actually really loved watching them this year. I did too. It was, like, almost too messy to, like, look away. Yeah, it was a train wreck, but I kind of love train wrecks. I think everyone can appreciate a train wreck. But first of all, that red carpet was atrocious. There was so much going on there. Um, You know what happened? Did you see... When Lady Gaga stopped dressing crazy, like, truly crazy, everyone else stopped dressing crazy, and everyone got real fucking boring. So you have... When she stopped arriving, like, in an egg, then, like, people just gave up. So, because she's not the craziest one on the carpet anymore, no one's taking risks, and it's so boring. I I think there was a few risks. I think it was safe to say. I saw a few risks. You mean Katy Perry's um, Feather Duster Ensemble, courtesy of Tom Ford? (laughs) That was horrible. But uh, mostly I'm talking about CeeLo Green's, like, giant gold man outfit where his his total face was covered. You know what it reminded me of? That outfit reminded me of, like, the Marvel Universe. And all I could think was, CeeLo Green is trying to cash in on the X-Men. Like, he probably found out how much they get paid <laughs> to be in those movies and was like, well, shit. I think that's, like, the kind of outfit you wear if you were uh, accused of sexual assault and slapped with ecstasy possession, which, <laughs> which he was. Like, when you have to go tell your neighbors you're on, like, a, a list, you just wear that outfit and you're, like, praying I'll, for the best. Also, like, what... <laughs> yeah also when like the last uh news article about you was how a phone exploded in your face like you have to follow that up somehow you know what's crazy that was a fake news story he like faked it i actually i actually saw that like okay wait i was looking at an article about it and uh and he said about the clip where like the phone explodes in his face what you saw was a, a clip from a smaller video that we were shooting for a project called Uh, a new project I'm doing called Gnarly Davidson. Yeah, I just think, you know, it's sad when you're desperate for attention. And the thing is, is that CeeLo Green was not the only one in attendance desperate for attention. Did you see... I don't even know this woman's name. Um, Oh, Joy Villa. Are you talking about... Yeah, Joy Villa. Joy Villa's desperate Trump ensemble in which she's wearing a custom dress that says Make America Great Again, and the train of the dress is a bejeweled Trump. Like, how desperate are it's you a- that that's your outfit? But what I'm what I'm most curious about is why didn't she perform at the inauguration? Like, why did they get three doors down when they had Joy Villa <laughs> clearly waiting for <laughs> her Because Joy moment. Villa, until last night, was a nobody. And here's the thing, Trey. Her desperation worked. She currently has the number one album on iTunes. I'm not shitting you. Her t- Joy yes, Villa? Her 2014 album, I Make the Static, is the number one album on iTunes, beating Lemonade by Beyonce, 50 Shades Darker, 24 Karat Magic by Bruno Mars, and 25 by Adele. That is the power wow. of a shitty outfit. Well, judging by last night, it's not hard to beat Beyonce's Lemonade, clearly. <laughs> No, we, we, you want to talk about that? Because I have feelings. Yes. Yeah. So I kind of wrote a little bit about this, but basically I, I think it was like uh, leading up to album of the year, 
you know, they announced Song of the Year, Record of the Year. Adele won both of those. So I feel like it was kind of coming, almost predictable in a way. Even though it was still like a, kind of a big shock for a lot of people, and me included, I still think, you know, maybe it wasn't so hard to see And you coming. know what? I feel like her losing Album of the Year was something she knew was coming too. Because the speech she gave for winning uh, Best Urban Contemporary Album felt like a concession speech in a way. Like, she knew she wasn't going to get time again, so she said everything she needed to say then. And I won't even talk yeah. about the fact that Beyonce winning Urban Contemporary Album is fucking insulting. Like, how are you going it to... It sh- is. She's up against, like, Gallant and King, which, like, I'm sorry, but who are they? No, who are those people? No, so fucking shitty. And Urban Contemporary seems to be this weird catch-all for black artists. Like, when you're not really sure what they are, you just put them in Urban Contemporary. And I think that's fucked up. I watched Adele's speech on Twitter, obviously, and one, I think it's amazing that Adele is the kind of performer that can, one, stop mid-performance and restart, which she did last night during her George Michaels tribute, and two, the kind of performer that can say, I don't deserve this album. Like, Adele is so rich and (laughs) successful that she can say, I don't deserve album of the year. Like, what kind of world are we living in? I don't know if there was a right way for her to say thank you, but no thank you, if that makes sense. Unless she had completely said, this is not my award. I'm giving it to Beyonce. Beyonce, will you come up on stage? Like, why didn't Faith Hill uh, just open the envelope and just say Beyonce anyway? She really fucking should have. Was it Faith Hill who gave her the award? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Faith Hill. Yeah. And I think, like, going back to 1999. 1989. Uh, Hootie and the Hootie and the Blowfish won over Alanis Morissette, Shania Twain, and Brandy. Oh, really? So, like, this is not oh, a did new you see thing. That tweet that's going around where it's like, hold on, let me find. It. Oh, 2013 Mumford Sons over Frank Ocean, 2014 Daft Punk over Kendrick Lamar, 2015 Beck over Beyonce, 2016 Taylor over Kendrick Lamar, 2017 Adele over Beyonce. So twice Beyonce has been snubbed, twice Kendrick Lamar has been snubbed. Like, it's kind of fucked up. It is. I wrote, I wrote this piece today yeah. for V about how I think that the Recording Academy, who puts on the Grammys, is happy to let black artists be the spectacle to put on the best performances of the night. But I, they never have and clearly won't give them the recognition they deserve. Also, another funny tweet I came across was one that said, good luck explaining to your gay kids that the chain smokers have more Grammys than Bjork. Bjork. Whatever you say. <laughs> Bjork. It's Bjork. I just think the chain smokers are not people I'm going to even be speaking about in 10 years. Like, I will not go. In like five yeah. years. I mean, I guess 10 is being generous. Beyonce is. That album is. I will. I don't need. Listen, I'm not even a Beyonce fan really i don't get the beyonce hype i think she's very talented but i'm not standing for beyonce the way that everyone else seems to be but i think that last night she absolutely deserved that award i've listened to her album more times than i've even played a single song of adele's so which performances stood out to you because there were a few (laughs) well here's the miss um the weekend performing with daft punk was completely forgettable um, the fact that his that 
he was presented by Paris Jackson, the daughter of Michael Jackson, is a little insulting given that performance. He's not Michael Jackson. He might try to sound like Michael Jackson. He will never be Michael Jackson. I guess I could say also another miss for the night was Katy Perry. Like, I love her. I was really rooting for her. I think that Change to the Rhythm is a very addictive song, albeit very vanilla. I'm not entirely into it, but I'm into it, if you know what I mean. It's catchy, but that Mm -hmm. performance was so whack. What were those fences about? Like, who are you? Is this like Desperate Housewives? Or what are you trying to like get outside of I know, the... I thought it was <laughs> what are you so doing? weird. And then the fact that she ended the whole thing with the constitution behind her was like two on the nose. That song is not that political yeah, as it, much as she wants to pretend that it is. It felt like a weak Home Depot ad. And at the end, her yelling like, uh, what did she yell? resist or something like in her little katie cat voice it was just like this is hilarious i, I can't even for me though because take i think that katie perry was one of the few if not the m- most vocal oh no 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 did you see a tribe called oh, quest i don't perform- sorry, i don't mean perform- the performance i don't mean political performances i mean like mm. a pop star actually making a stand in politics like she made her position with hillary clinton very clear it didn't feel fair weather she was there all the time she spent all of 2016 supporting hillary clinton and for that i commend her because that's amazing no one else did it and for that i hope change of the rhythm hits number one it's never going to try not with <laughs> not with joy villa dream. at the top of the album charts right now okay <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But uh, at least now we know La La Land will win the best Oscar for best film. There was never any doubt that La La Land was going to win the best Oscar. It's it's white people supporting white people, and it is so frustrating. Did you see the tweet that um, Solange Knowles put out, but then she deleted, like, promptly? Oh, she deleted it? Oh, I... Oh, I didn't know that she deleted it. But yes, I did. Where she said, like, what up, Frank, and linked to Frank Ocean's... Yeah, Tumblr post? Tumblr post basically ripping the Oscar or the Grammys for being so white. But she deleted that tweet, but she also deleted another tweet where she said there have only been two black winners in the last 20 years for album of the year. There have been over 200 black artists who have performed. Like, that's a staggering statistic. And it just it reinforces my it's... belief that the Grammys are happy to let black artists be a spectacle but they're not ever going to recognize them for their talent. And that's so fucked up. And it's it's not even fucked up, it's just exhausting. It's like, at what point are you just so obviously wrong that you can't even concede it? Like, I'm sorry, I'm angry. I'm super angry. Oh, wait, we cannot stop talking about the Grammys without talking about Lady Gaga. Who, in my opinion, might have been one of the best dressed of the night. Oh, yeah. She was clearly I, the best dressed. I think for 2017, Lady Gaga has made the underboob the trend of the year. I want to talk about her performance with Metallica, of all people. Like, what the fuck? No, wait. I want to say something about Lady Gaga's performance. And people don't... People... Oh, okay. Listen, Lady Gaga is a wonderful artist. And she deserves recognition. <laughs> I know you don't agree with me on this. But... So what do you have to say I then? I think it is super commendable that Lady Gaga throws herself completely into every genre that she, like, performs with. Like, when she did the jazz thing, she, like, put on the, like, 1950s outfits and... Not even 1950s. I don't even know what year. 
But I think it's super commendable mm-hmm. that she made that entire Metallica performance about Metallica. She was just the guest vocalist slash groupie for the whole thing. She could have easily made it about her. Like, Homegirl just did the Super Bowl halftime show solo and has a world tour to promote. But instead of performing a track from her latest album, Joanne, she performed a Metallica song. And she leapt off the stage, placing her faith in the hands of, like, people who probably weren't even there to begin, like, to actually be there. They were just, like, put there. They lifted her up above the crowds and, like, what? A performance. I know. I thought it was great. I don't think people give Lady Gaga enough credit for, you know, respecting the artistic vision and aesthetic of other artists. Like, she might be a lot of things, but she respects other people's visions. You know what I mean? I'm tired of the yeah. white Grammys. We need something in America like the Mercury Prize in England. Like, that... Or the... Even the Brits, like the uh, I watch the Brits, Brits, and I'm not even British because I think they do such a great job of accurately reflecting what people think. Awesome. Okay, so let's just kick off by starting out with a little story time, because I heard you had quite the night last night. Oh, I had quite the night. Where do I even begin? Um, you no. know, how, have you seen Alexander Wang's latest collection? This year he didn't do an unofficial after party. For those of you who don't know, Alexander Wang throws massive after parties every year. They're probably very expensive. They're very hard to get into. Lots of fun. I had all around. This year, all the clothes said, no after party. So I ended up at the after party that was not supposed to exist. Um, It was at the Peltz's house. I'm not entirely sure which one Nicola will. There's another one. But um, Well, just explain quickly, like, who are the Peltz's? Who are they? I, I, to be honest, I don't even know who they are. I think you probably know better than I do. (laughs) Okay, well, we know Nicola Peltz is an actress, and uh, we know that the who's the father? I can't remember his name. He's like a billionaire of some kind. Uh, I think he owns like Nesquik or something. Like a lot of uh, he owns like a conglomerate of brands, um, but they're all like random things like Nesquik or something. Yeah, they're a very good-looking family. So how did you how did you end up at her house? So um, my friend. Remy uh, does PR for them. And he was like, they're just having this party at their apartment, which, by the way, is not what you'd imagine as apartment. It's more of like a house in an apartment building. Uh, we got there. It was massive. It was so beautiful. There was tons of people. And then when you like venture into the kitchen, there's just piles and piles and piles of Domino pizza boxes. Like, more pizza than you've probably ever seen in your entire life. And then I realized later, in a drunken state, that surrounding this pizza pyramid was bags of Wendy's burgers and chicken. Oh, nuggets. okay. Hold on, just quickly. I looked up Nelson Peltz, who is the who's the father. 
Um, his net worth is $90 million, and that might explain why you saw Wendy's, because he's the non-executive chairman of the board of the Wendy's company. Um, but he also owns, like, stakes in Snapple, Quaker Oats, Cadbury Schweppes, and, like, Kraft Foods, Pepsi. Basically, he, like, owns every food thing. That does not surprise me. You said $90 million, but I think he meant $90 billion. Well, his his net worth is ninety million, but like doesn't mean he's not a billionaire. Oh, that's this apartment looked like it was ninety million dollars. To be honest with you, okay, he probably owns a lot of money in like assets and trade fund stuff. I don't understand that stuff, but yeah. So it was, I don't even know. I was texting you. I know. I will say though that my overall impression: this party was a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I hope so. It with wasn't... like more pizza than you can eat, and Alexander Wang was there with like his friends yeah. or what was yeah. it i don't know i only saw him at the end i always confuse him for a woman <laughs> that's fair um, I, I don't know i just i thought he was a girl for most of the night it was very dark and then i got on the elevator to leave and he got on the elevator with me with our dear friend hannah gabby odl so um, what did you what did you talk to her about oh so i know i know i said that in our text last night that she hadn't heard our podcast i was just being cheeky i didn't actually ask her about it <laughs> come on instead i chance. was instead i was rubbing her sweater and i was like what is this made of and she like turned around it's this massive big white thing she got mm-hmm. the hood on she looks like a furry <laughs> and the only person who responds is alex and he's like it's sheep <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh very nice very mary bow peep <laughs> I never thought I'd peg you for that person to, like, rub someone's sweater that you don't know in public. Oh, last night I was the one rubbing sweaters and touching people that I shouldn't. <laughs> um, anyway, so should we move on to, like, actual pop culture news? I know you're, like, making the news here with your parties, but a lot went on this past week that we need to discuss. Yes, we do. Where do you want to start? Namely, Katy Perry, who released oh, her... New song, Change of the Rhythm, on, I think, Thursday? Thursday, yes. Uh, So that was interesting. Basically, she tweeted a map where all these disco balls, like, dotted the map, and she said, like, find me via nail art that spelled out the words find me, which was, like, cheesy in itself. But anyway, you know, we can't judge the Katie Cats. So she sent her... (laughs) We absolutely can. We absolutely will. (laughs) And Yeah, we will. Uh, She sent her fans, like, scurrying around um, and to find these, like, disco balls that were chained in random locations around the States. Um, And one was in McCarran Park in Brooklyn. And the funny part is somebody from Vanity Fair, I guess, was, like, assigned to go there and see, like, what happened to see i guess you'd like assume there was going to be huge lineups people trying to like uh plug in the headphones they brought into this disco ball to like listen to her single anyway that was not the case at all (laughs) uh the story that came out of this was hilarious it was uh it was really funny because like it basically reported the facts and there were like some you know sly digs but basically this guy named glenn higgins came came to the ball and the i guess reporter was like oh so are you a katie perry fan and he's like well i'm more of a beyonce fan if i had to pick oh my god it's amazing <laughs> and then and then like the way that he found the ball he wasn't even really looking he was like oh i started playing pokemon go again oh my god so he like came across the ball probably trying to catch like a pikachu or something here's the thing like i 
I'm not surprised. In New York, who gives a shit? Like, I, you will never be able to get a New Yorker to do a scavenger hunt. Like, they just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I... Point A to point B, anything in between, we don't see it, and we're certainly not going to say hi. It's like, I don't know why Katy Perry even put it in, in Brooklyn. Why wouldn't she put it in Times Square? I just love, like, that the most basic of pop stars tried to get her fans to, like, do work for her music, which, like, nobody even wants to pay for. So I have a few fast facts. Uh, Katie's Katie's song, Change the Rhythm, failed to hit number one in any of the major worldwide iTunes markets, including the US and the UK. It had a first day radio deal and was played nearly 3,000 times in one day. But despite that, the song only only sold 15,000 copies in the first 24 hours. Okay. And uh, in the first day, the song was stuck on the iTunes charts at like three and four behind Taylor Swift's and Lady Gaga's months old singles. Why do you think people don't care about Katy Perry anymore? Like what happened? You know what it is? It's because it's this like dance hall light track, which is already tacky. It's got Skip Marley, the grandson of Bob Marley, which is kind of tacky anyways. Not Skip Marley, but having him on the track. It just, and then she's like got this pseudo political stance that... I'm not entirely sure it comes through. Yeah. And and to boot, her song sucked. Like, the, it was just bad. It, yeah, and you know what? It was written by Sia. And my thing with Sia is Sia is a very good songwriter, but I think only for herself. Yeah, girl, take a break. Like, stop making original songs for every damn movie soundtrack. In the well, you know why year. she can? It's because she writes them in 15 minutes. Yeah. Which I think is impressive, but also, like, a little boring. Well, she uh, sold 1,000 copies for every minute that Sia wrote the song. Oh my gosh, she did. Anyways, so Tom Hiddleston covered GQ. Uh, Why? Which is the first question. Why? Who gives a shit about Tom Hiddleston? I don't know what he's doing lately, but anyway, uh, he talked about the infamous I Heart TS tank top that he was like paparazzied in back uh, in July last year. And... Um, This is what he said. This is the explainer. Uh, It was the 4th of July and a public holiday and we were playing a game and I slipped and hurt my back. And I wanted to protect the greys from the sun and said, does anyone have a t-shirt? And one of her friends said, I've got this. The friend pulled out the I Heart TS tank top that Taylor's friends are contractually obligated to own. And we all laughed about it. It was a joke. Okay, so first of all... Let's break this down. Let's break this down. obligated. Is there sarcasm there? Or is he being serious? Well, the GQ executive editor, because that's like not an actual quote from Tom Hiddleston, that contractually obligated bit. The GQ um, editor tweeted saying, it was a joke, we think, saying contractually obligated. But <laughs> I'm not sure it is. We think. He doesn't know for like sure. Like he didn't follow up with the writer. That takes, what, five seconds? Like send a quick <laughs> text message? Maybe a phone call? Yeah. Um, but... So, okay, what kind of friend pulls out a tank top that says, I heart TS? Well, here's the thing, Trey. All of Taylor Swift's friends are professional friends, I believe. Mm-hmm. So what he considers a Taylor Swift friend is probably just a Taylor Swift management. I just can't, be- I just can't think of like what situation that would be appropriate to give your friend a tank top that says, like, I heart Ian David Monroe. Oh, I can think of many reasons. <laughs> I'm actually Maybe. liking the sound of that already. You're actually going into business right now. Yeah, it's but, so um, funny. I'm already on that uh, that website. Printing press. One. Um, 
So that's weird, first of all. Second of all, like, what game do you think they were playing where he slipped and hurt his back? Um, where he slipped and hurt his back? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I just imagine he scraped his back getting dragged by his balls by Taylor Swift. <laughs> they were playing, like, Let's Be Feminist or <laughs> Betray Our Friends game. She's like, let me make sure you know exactly who's on top. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more to the story that we need to get to the bottom of. So, Taylor, give us a call. Oh my god, do you know what we need to talk about? What? The V Magazine party on Friday night. Okay, yeah, tell us what happened there. You've been, like, quite the party monster lately. I I have been. I, in the summer, I go out probably every single night, which is a problem. <laughs> So the V Party Friday night was actually just a, a, an issue signing with Kendall Jenner. She was there. She's going to sign issues for her fans. She wanted to do it. It was really sweet. And we were like, cool, we'll do that. And so then we were like, well, we'll just throw a party in the back of our office for you. Because we, we're on the bottom floor. So we have a uh, reception area in the front and then the offices in the back. So we were, you know, a kind of a fashion mullet, if you will. Business in the front, party in the back. <laughs> um so all these people came, and it was only supposed to be, like, for an hour. It was supposed to be, like, a pre-New York Fashion Week party kind of thing. And it was a lot of fun. We, like, had this disco ball installed. It was insane. So it was just a fun party, and then it ended when the alcohol ran out, as these things do. But there's this New York mag. So they ran, ran an article about it, and it was basically, like, for 63 minutes, cool kids pretend to ignore Kendall Jenner. <laughs> and then it, like, rips the party to shreds, I think. I'm not entirely sure if the writer had fun or not, but she was basically like, everyone was here just to gawk at Kendall Jenner. Well, it was actually kind of funny because I read that piece as well, and I got, like, kind of caught in this, like, wormhole where basically, uh, what's his name, Andrew... Warren. Andrew Warren was at the party. Uh, Andrew Warren of... The, he designs like his own label, I guess. Yeah, right. He's very uh, rich also, and he's a part of the Snap Pack, according to the New York Times. So, you know, I ended up at Andrew Warren's birthday party two weeks ago. Did you? Yeah, I was at this hotel, and when I got there, he was already completely blackout, which is fine. It was his birthday. And somehow they revived him to blow out the candles. I don't know how they did it. <laughs> they revived like, him. He, they they sh- to... like gave him a shot of adrenaline to like come I, back to it. I think they did. I don't even know how he was alive, but mm-hmm. he was. And, and then, he dis- then he disappeared again. But I ended up in this like hot tub, which was above the living room. So you could see up into the hot tub from below. So the whole party could see up into the hot tub that I was just swimming around in, in my underwear. That sounds... Oh my god, it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, every time I end up at these parties I don't belong at, I just feel like I have to do something completely ridiculous. Because what's the worst that happens? I don't know them. That's true. Should we talk about fashion? I mean, should Wait, we... I have a question. Do you do you love fashion? I don't love fashion. You don't no. love fashion? What about fashion with a capital F? Oh, fashion, you mean. Yeah, fashion. Um, no, I don't love it. all right so then we should definitely talk about the cap oh speaking of parties yeah we can talk about calvin klein okay why were you there i went to that party too well let's hear it we'll start over so raf simmons showed his first collection uh which was fall 2017 for calvin klein 
Um, it was men's and women's, and they actually presented it on the bottom floor of their office building. So it was like this nice little homage to the home, I guess. It was um, in Calvin Klein's office building? Yeah, so it was the bottom floor of the Calvin Klein office building. Oh, God. What is all this, like, going... Okay, first Balenciaga did, like, a tribute to caring because they're in the same offices now. And now Calvin Klein is doing, like, this kind of office... I don't get it. Like, why are we celebrating corporate culture? It's just weird to me. I know, and V had their office party. Like, hmm, we're just so on trend. Is everyone just, like, poor now? Or what's going on? I think it might be that, Mm. to be honest. So he presented his first collection. Naturally, Sterling Ruby decorated the set. They have a very long friendship. It was interesting, but the collection, I thought, was beautiful. Um, It was very covetable. And I really, really liked it, but I must say it was very safe. Like, there was nothing kind of outwardly forward-thinking about it, to my mind. It was very, like, kind of helmet-laying referential slash, like, Wes Anderson feeling. Yeah, it was very... um, I would agree it was safe, but I think that it was safe in a way that blended Raph's aesthetic with Calvin Klein's aesthetic because Calvin Klein is first and foremost a very minimal brand like they've never done anything that wasn't safe in my opinion that's true and I must say like I think I was one of the very few people who really really liked Italo Zucchelli's work as the menswear designer at Calvin Klein before he got like fired so I loved it too but I think that Raph has obviously brought a very different version of the Calvin Klein man to the brand like that's true I definitely wanted like a little more feminine. Oh yeah, I definitely wanted like that sheer top with the kind of armband where you can just like see his little nipples. And one of the last looks, like I think, was like a kind of all full leather look with like a mustard turtleneck or something. I was like, that I'm going to try and make myself. We're into it. We're definitely into it. Mm -hmm. I want, I want that sheer top you're talking about, with like the hanging sleeves. Oh yeah, all of it's so good. Oh, wait. The party. We have to talk about the Calvin Klein party. Oh, yeah. What happened there? So basically, they just turned the runway show into the after party later. I don't really know if how many people were trying to get in. I was ushered in through some back-ass entry. uh, Very unlegit. Were you invited? (laughs) um, Unclear, to be honest. I'm not sure I was invited. But, uh, okay. Well, if you're like climbing over wire fences, like this kind of immigrant, I'm not sure like what's going on. <laughs> In Donald Trump's America, even getting into parties requires climbing over some walls. <laughs> so. Wow. Glad you made it, though. You're yeah, we here. made it. And it was like the vibe inside, though, was super London. It was packed. The music was definitely of a London aesthetic. It was not American. What do you mean? Super London as in like people were there and there was music? That's no, so I don't know if you've like, ever been out in New York, but New York is very sceney. Like it's all about like who's in a booth and who's who's like being surrounded that's trying to be seen. This felt like everyone was super democratic is what I'm trying to say. And that everyone was just... Oh, so he brought like a European flair to America. Yeah, everyone was just getting sweaty and like there was no room to breathe, but it felt really exciting and... <laughs> sounds like a very interesting party where you're like so first we climbed over the wall then we were sequestered and then it was like really sweaty and hard to breathe and we were like parched i know i think that maybe there was a metaphor there for coming to america i'm not entirely sure if that was intentional but one can read into it there could be a thesis if they wanted so the other night and i know we talked about this before uh how we didn't really like la la land Anyway, we didn't so really ever like since La 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 first... Land, we absolutely hated it. Let's get it straight. Okay, we aired our grievances. Yes, it's not a very 
intellectually stimulating film. But so I started listening to the soundtrack and the, the songs we argued like weren't very catchy. I retract that statement completely. I'm totally in love with the soundtrack. God. But what I really want to get to here is I went to La La Land in theaters. For the So this is the second viewing. And the opening number, I like started dry sobbing. I was like emotionally overwhelmed. It was almost a religious a religious experience. At La La I Land? I just could not believe that this, this movie like moved me completely. La but La Land? The main takeaway... La La Land, I know. What's happening I to know. us? I don't Trey, know. You like La La Land, and I'm listening to Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I know. You guys, stop us. But the the thing that I thought was crazy is because I had kind of more time to look at the furniture, meaning the actual black people in the film. <laughs> uh, I noticed. <laughs> I noticed that like the restaurant scene where Ryan Gosling is playing the the Christmas songs on the piano, in one of the booths was none other. Then Cameron Brinkman from season three of Laguna Beach. Oh my god. Remember Cameron? Yeah, I do. But like, I don't think I would have ever remembered his name. Well, no, I didn't. But I was like, that guy is from Laguna Beach. Let me just look in the La La Land credits like once the movie's over. And I I discovered that he's been in like a lot of movies recently. Um, Hunger Games Mockingjay. He was like a rebel fighter. Um, But he's in La La Land, like this movie that's Oscar nominated. And later on... In the same movie, during the John Legend concert, um, I noticed one of the backup dancers was Brian Tanaka, who is the star of e-hit reality show Mariah's World and faux boyfriend of Mariah Carey. Wait, Brian Tanaka is supposed to be dating Mariah Carey? Yeah, that was like the whole storyline in Mariah's World. Oh my god, I missed that completely. They were like paparazzi together, kind of kissing, and how she like quickly got over the breakup with James Packer, her billionaire ex-husband, or ex-fiance, sorry. I grew up in dance, and I remember hearing the name Brian Snaka, and I always just assumed he was gay. Well, that's, you know, it could be true. He could be a beard. Um, okay, so I just want to quickly talk about, um, did, did you listen to that track I sent you, Crazy Crazy, with Charlie XCX? No, but can I listen right now? Yeah. I kind of want to go out on that track. It's by Yasutaka Nakata, and it has Charlie XCX and Kiari Pamu Pamu, uh, who, for those who don't know, sang that song, Pon Pon Pon. Remember that song, Pon Pon Pon? Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's like such a fun song. It sounds kind of like PC music, if you remember PC music. Uh, it's like upbeat, and the video is so exciting. Like, they... They kind of, you know that filter on Snapchat where you just, like, put someone else's face onto your face? They did that for all the people in the music video, and it's, like, so interesting and funny. Oh, fun. Listen, it probably sounds like PC music because Charlie works almost exclusively with PC music. I just don't know what she's doing. Like, did you see her in that kind of chicken feather diaper she wore on that late night show? Yeah, I got the video as a PR blast, and I was like, why are you blasting this out? Like, who needs to see this? Let's pretend this never happened. yeah, that was a misstep for I sure. I really want to... What was that even for? Like Jimmy Kimmel or something. I really want to work for Charlie XCX. I want to be her creative director. I just feel like I could really help this girl out. I do love this Daily Mail headline, though, about her performance. Charlie Sexy X. Oh, God. Pop star puts on very busty display in plunging bralette and tiny shorts as she performs new single on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Oh, God. Just play the damn song. 
Okay, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, make sure to subscribe and rate us five stars. We really appreciate it. And uh, don't forget to follow us on social media. I'm at Trey Taylor with a VA. And I'm just at Ian David Monroe. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I'm crazy, going crazy, feet are lifting off the ground.